Once again, to another wonderful edition of Rediscovering Your Passion and Purpose with Patty. I am Patty Stuhl and the Chief Pathfinder of Pathways with Patty. And again, I have another absolutely wonderful guest. And you know, it's it for me in the way that I believe in things, um, God brings people into your life at certain times of your life based on where you are at and where you are going. And uh, with my guest today, that is no exception whatsoever. Uh, many of you have heard me talk about and say that over the last 18 months, I, uh, I started a whole brand new pathway in my life, and that was becoming a public speaker, and, which has led me down the road to many new pathways. But on that pathway of being a public speaker, I have met some incredible people, and one of those people is right here with me today, and that is Marla press. We have been tribe mates basically over the last 18 months of uh, learning our passion and purpose when it comes to public speaking. And uh, Marla, I, I just want to do a real quick introduction for you. And then we're going to get going here if that sounds good to you. Marla Press, excellent. Marla Press is the founder of Speakers on Fire, is a public speaking coach, life coach and art of presence trainer she shows you how to develop unwavering confidence master your presence and create a bigger impact by entertaining your audience while building trust and connection you'll get fired up about what you do and fire up your audience so they're excited to work with you invite marla to speak at your event and she will get your audience fired up while demonstrating solutions to their challenges. If you want to attract more clients and wealth and be hot off the press, Marla Press is your coach. Once again, welcome, Marla. I am very happy to have you here today. How are you? I'm doing great, Patty. I'm so excited to be here because you are so passionate and so purposeful. And this is what I live for. So this is fantastic. That is awesome. And that, as you know, is the purpose of this passionate podcast that I have, all those peas spitting out there. But um, one of the things that that we have had a chance to do is to experience some things in person together, some, some uh, uh, live entertainment, so to speak, uh, learning how to present in front of audiences. And one of the things that I know that we've shared little bits and pieces of our, our stories but I know that you have a story that I knew uh, coming upon looking at the guests that I wanted to have on this podcast. You, you have a story to tell that is one that many people can learn from. So with that, please share your story of, uh, of basically where you started and what brought you to this point. Yes. Thank you so much, Patty. I have a long dash. So yeah, good. <laughs> and I hope to make it a lot, lot, lot longer. We'll talk about that more later. But, you know, I like to start where it all started for me. And that is when I was only three years old. Mm. And my parents got divorced. And I love my dad. And so it was traumatic when he moved out. Mm. And my mom worked full time. She was never a stay at home mom. She worked full time. So I had babysitters a lot. And it, it was, it, she was stressed out. Let's just say that. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't helpful. And then she remarried when I was only five. And my stepfather 
he didn't want to be a dad to me. He had his own three kids and that that was his life. And he also worked really hard and loved his work and loved my mom, but he wasn't, he wasn't a good dad. And then my stepbrother, his son was 12 when I was only five mm -hmm. and he was a big kid. He ended up being a good basketball player. He was a big kid. He was 12 and I was five and he would, he would grab me and take me places and make me sit on his lap. And, um, I, you know, I knew it was wrong. I knew it, it felt really bad. Um, and then, you know, still when I was five, he would masturbate and make me watch him and, and hold oh me goodness. down. And, Within the next couple of years, sometimes I would wake up in the middle of the night and he'd be next to my bed touching me. Mm. So mm. it was, it, I was already a very introverted kid mm -hmm. and I didn't feel close to my mom, certainly not my stepfather. And so I didn't tell anybody. Now, were you living full time with your mom or yes. did you go back and forth between your parents? I, I did see my dad on the weekends. Mm -hmm. And so that was helpful because my dad's fantastic and, mm -hmm. um, and he wanted to be a father. Whereas, you know, my mom later on in life, my mom and I had wonderful relationship, but she didn't really, she wasn't a very good mom when I was mm -hmm. a kid. She mm -hmm. was very into her own life. And I tell this story, not because I need to tell the story because it happened a long time ago. It actually happened over quite a few years, but it was a long time ago. So it's not because I need to, but what I know is that, and I, I may not get the statistics right because they change all the time, but every minute in the United States, someone is sexually abused mm -hmm. every minute. What and a horrible countries, statistic. Yeah. In foreign countries, it's even worse. Women are really abused in, in some of the other countries. So that's just in the United States. Wow. And, you know, one in, I think it's one in five women I've been sexually abused and that's not just rape. That's, you know, thing, types of things that happened to me. Mm -hmm. And so it's really prevalent and men too. Men have been sexually abused usually by men, but we all either know of someone or it happened to us. Mm -hmm. And it's, so I tell the story because some people like myself really did work through it and ended up having a great life excuse me, but a lot of people really struggle with it. And I struggled with it for a long, long time. How, I, how long did this go on? More or less in to some degree, the whole time growing up. Wow. Yeah. So did you just continue to become more and more introverted through all of this? Or what did it what did it do to you as far as how you presented yourself to the world? Yeah. So <laughs> you're not going to believe this one, Patty. But at some point, I overheard my mom saying to someone else when I was fairly young. I'm not sure how old exactly. I think there's something wrong with Marla because she never talks. Whoa. But you know I overcame that one because I talk a lot now. <laughs> And people you go, over you're not an introvert. You. There's no way I believe you're an introvert. I am still an introvert is my nature, but I have mm -hmm. learned to be extroverted and to love being around people. But when I was growing up, I didn't make friends easily. 
Mm-hmm. I didn't trust people. I started doing drugs at an early age. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So fortunately for me, I was, I, I was one of the smartest kids in my school. And so, and I loved learning. So mm-hmm. I did really well in school, even though I was doing drugs. And um, were you doing the drugs to kind of mask how you were feeling about what was happening to you? Absolutely. Yes. The escape, it just felt good. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I don't recommend it. Right. <laughs> you know? But it's how you were, you were coping. That's how, that's the best way that you thought that what you needed yeah. to do to cope during that time. Cause I felt like I couldn't tell anybody what had happened to me. And I didn't tell anybody till I was in my late twenties. Oh my goodness. So keeping that in was challenging. And I always thought, well, maybe there is something wrong with me. I always felt different, mm-hmm. I felt different. You know, part of that was, you know, I was really, really smart. And part of it was just, you know, I felt shame and, and confusion and all those things that people feel when they go through this. Wow. And, you know, I know some people had it a lot worse than me. And so the other thing that I had going for me that, you know, is throughout my whole life is I'm very creative mm-hmm. and I love the arts. So I got introduced to Broadway and to musical plays at an early age and oh, I fell in love with it. And it was my other escape. I was in plays all the time. I was in dance company. I performed a lot. So that's the beginning of my stage presence as I was always on a stage <laughs> and that was my savior. I mean, I loved it. And, you know, I was, I was pretty good at it. I, I did choreography where I won competitions for my choreography because it was so creative and wasn't necessarily the best dancer, but I was really creative with it. <laughs> Well, and that was your creative outlet. Well, and going along with that, um, especially during your teenage years, did you find it um, difficult to create relationships with, to, to make friends or even start about, you know, think about dating? I mean, was that, was that a tough thing to do? Yes. Well, like I said, I did have difficulty making friends. I usually had one friend, but I was, I couldn't be in groups of people. I didn't feel comfortable in groups till really till I was in my thirties. Did I feel comfortable in groups? And I, I had trouble making friends and, but I craved the boyfriend, you know, to, to a dysfunctional part, right. It's like, I had to have a boyfriend. And so um, that wasn't necessarily a good thing. (laughs) Right. Wow. Yeah. So I, yeah. So I, I, I had some good things, but I was really struggling with confidence and how I felt about myself and putting myself out there. And so it continued. So I graduated high school early because I couldn't wait to get out of there. And Mm -hmm. a couple other things that were a little different and weird about me is that (laughs) I unique, unique, unique. (laughs) weird in a good way. I love weird, right? I love weird. It's quirky. It's fun. So I took up tarot when I was 15 and, you know, tarot cards where you, you know, you kind of tell fortunes. Oh, the tarot cards. Yeah. You call it tarot. Okay. All right. I I know it as tarot. I call it tarot. Exactly. Okay. Excellent. Now we know. (laughs) So 
I would meet people that I didn't know very well and I would tell their fortune and people said, wow, how can you know that about me? And wow, you know, my, you know, my deepest desires. And I thought, this is pretty cool. And I, I really felt, I felt like I could be on a different plane. At some point, it almost felt like I could read minds. I mean, I just really got into this weird space of intuition and inner knowing and understanding people. At one point I was in a a dance class and I had an out of body experience. So my consciousness was on the ceiling looking down on myself. I, I was not in my body at all. Wow. And it didn't last that long, but I don't know anybody else that was having that experience. You know, What drug are you on? I it's was life, not right? on any drugs at that time. <laughs> I swear to God. In fact, I quit drugs when I was 15. That tells you how early I started drugs. It started when I was about 12. And you just, you just stopped it cold turkey or yeah, fortunately, I don't have an addictive personality, thank God, because oh, yeah. I would have been in trouble. So I quit because I was sort of responsible and I knew oh. I was going to learn how to drive. And I thought, well, I'm not going to do drugs and drive. And I didn't okay. drink at all during high school. And, and I thought, you know, I, I should quit. So so I did. And wow. Good for you. Yeah. So it was, you know, a year or two later that I had this out-of-body experience. And I've I've had a few visions of things happening. So real quick with that outer body experience, what what did you think it was telling you or what what's what what was the message you believe that it, it was bringing to you? Any? You know, I didn't understand it. I had no idea what was going on and I didn't know the only message I got was that and and I carry this forward till today is that reality is not always as it seems mm. and energy and the universe is this complicated thing that we don't understand and so you were it was bringing you awareness of a level that that people talk about but never explore. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And so two other incidences that happens one in my 20s, one in my 50s, which is uh well no not my 20s, probably my 40s and my 50s was two nights before 9/11. Mhm. I had really violent dreams where a lot of people were murdered. And oh my gosh. I never have violent dreams. That's not what I do. I don't even remember my dreams half the time. But I thought I was I was getting information from all the chatter that was happening pre-9-11. Mm-hmm. So that one I never understood. So and when then, 9-11 happened, then what did I mean, did that whole dream just come flooding back to you? Yeah, because it was just it was the night before 9-11 and the night before that. It was just the two nights before. It wasn't way in advance. It was right then and there. So So when everything started happening, you're just like, whoa, what's going on, right? And then just the last experience I'll talk about is I was camping and all of a sudden a fire started all around me and I, I was actually asleep 
and I sat up in my tent and I saw the fire. I felt the heat of it. It was really bright. It was all around me. And I kept thinking, is this real? Is this not real? It must be real because I experienced it. It wasn't in my mind. Mm-hmm. I experienced it all around me and then it just disappeared. Holy cow. I know it's so weird, right? But, you know, again, it just taught. And then if I learned a fire, a forest fire started, um, you know, a number of miles away that next morning. So again, it was, it was just this inner knowing that I, that I absorb. And I think all of us have this. So my mm-hmm. point with all of this is that we get so attached to our memories and so attached to what we think is reality. Mm-hmm. What I help people do is get in their potential FM, not reality FM. If you're a radio station and some people are in gloomy FM, some people are in reality FM, but even that is not in your potential. There's so much more that we can know and so much more that we can access that we don't realize. So when so when you you left high school, did you just go out and get a job? Did you go on to higher education or did you even know because you left high school early what, of what it was you wanted to do? Yeah. Oh, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. So I left high school early because I couldn't wait to go to college. I was bored in high school. And so I I left a year early and I went to college. So I went to college a year early to study psychology and philosophy. Oh, that's what I was interested in was, you know, how things we can't understand and, and trying to understand them and you know how how behavior happens and you know part of it was probably to fix myself you know mm-hmm. uh-huh. but part of it is i was fascinated about helping others too cuz i knew a lot of people had gone through trauma some people a lot worse than me and how could we fix it and i went to some therapists so this is another really important point that i i really hope people that are listening get i, I went to a lot of therapy didn't help. Mm-hmm. It didn't help. Talking mm-hmm. about what happened didn't get me anywhere. Mm-hmm. And what I say saved my life because I was pretty depressed. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. I, I don't mean, know how you would not be. Yeah. Yeah. Because I had some other things. I won't even tell you the whole story about other things that happened. So what saved my life was something called Life Spring. I don't know if anyone out there has ever experienced that. But some people thought it was uh, a cult, was not a cult, but Mm. it was something I did for a couple of years and there was program after program. And what it was, was experiential exercises to overcome anything you needed to overcome and become a better person. Now, did somebody introduce you to this or you discovered it on your own or was it through your courses in college that you came across this? So I, so I got a degree in psychology. I did a year of graduate level study in psychology. And then where I was going to school only accepted PhD applications. And again, Mm. my confidence level wasn't very good. And I thought, well, I, I'm not ready for a PhD. I'll do something else. So I went into dental hygiene. Mm. 
That's, my mom, that's, my mom. that's quite a shift. I know. <laughs> you're thinking, how to, it's quite a shift. But my mom was a hygienist and my stepfather was a dentist. And I worked in their office in high school. So I knew it, you know, like the back of my hand. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom was the office manager, the hygienist. And, you know, they brought all that home all the time. They worked six days a week. They were really into it. Mm-hmm. So I knew that profession well enough to say, plus, I, I always love science. So, you know, even though I studied psychology and the arts, I also loved chemistry. I love biology. I love all of that. Okay. And so, it, it, you know, it seemed like a fit for me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, I'll do it temporarily, right? Right. Yes. And, um, <laughs> 40 years later, but we'll uh-huh. get to that in a minute. So, um, <laughs> so, but I was depressed because... It, you know, I didn't really want to go to dental hygiene school. I was just kind of doing it because I didn't know what else to do. In fact, when I applied to dental hygiene school, they almost begged me to apply to their dental school because they said I scored higher than any of the dental applicants on my testing. And I had already had a bachelor's degree. No one else had a bachelor's degree. They only accepted 16 students in the dental hygiene class per year. Because, you know, we each had to have, you know, patients and it was clinical, plus it was all the, okay. the study, the science and everything. And, you know, I was, I was at the top of my class. And again, I didn't relate to people in the class that well. I had one friend, as I often do, I have one friend, but, you know, they would do study groups and I, I would go out dancing or something because, you know, and I would still get 100% on the tests. And they were, you know, the, some of the other students couldn't relate to me and they were mm-hmm. trying to grade on a curve. And then they were like, but Marlon's getting the hundred percent. So what should we do here? So <laughs> it's just a, a weird time. And I was, I was kind of, I actually became, I actually got a disease and became anemic and I have werewolf's disease, but we won't get into that either. We, we could talk about so many things, so, <laughs> but one of my dental hygiene uh, teachers really took a liking to me and she noticed that, you know, I was struggling and she is the one that recommended this life spring. Wow. So how it saved my life is because it was these experiential exercises. And I talk about that because that's what I do today. I take Mm -hmm. people through experiential exercises because I believe that's the way we learn and that's Mm -hmm. the way we transform. Okay. Through exercises, not by intellectualizing about stuff. Mm-hmm. whether it's public speaking or whether it's life coaching it's so helpful to go through an exercise where you experience something so in these exercises are is it taking you back to the trauma and dealing with that or what what is exactly happening in these exercises yeah it's there were like i said i did it over a couple of years so there were so many different ones Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you one of the very first things we did is, and there was, I don't know if there was a hundred, 150 people in the room. I don't remember how many there were, but we formed two circles and the inner circle faced the outer circle. So you were facing another person, right? So mm-hmm. all around the circle, everybody was facing somebody. Mm-hmm. And what they'd said was, okay, you're going to have three choices. Was it three or four? I'm holding up four fingers. Maybe it was four. Oops, before. <laughs> you can either just look at the person 
you can shake their hand or you can give them a hug. Mm-hmm. Three choices. And so nobody really knew each other, but it was the energy, which is another huge part of what I do now to help people is master their energy. So it was the energy you give off. So did somebody want to do nothing and just look at you? Did they want to shake your hand or did they mm-hmm. want to give you a hug? And oh. there was no ver- no words, nothing. It was totally nonverbal. No discussion on what you were going to do. It gave you the experience of how you come off to people with your energy. Wow. Person by person by person. So instead of saying, you know, well, you know, how, do you make friends? And well, you know, how are you in a group? Or it was giving you the experience of this is how you affect people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at some point we did, we did do some, some child parent work. And so one person would sit and one person would stand. Just having someone stand above you can bring back all kinds of memories of, you know, any authority in your life or your parents. And then there was a, a dyad and exercise. So there was group exercises, there was dyads, there was so many different types of exercises. So I won't take the time to go into them, but it, well, one more thing. <clears throat> so to build trust, mm-hmm. because trust was an issue for me instead of talking about how you can trust people, how you can forgive people, all that, we did a ropes course. Oh, I've done that. I talked about trust. Yes. Yes. So you got to trust your teammates. You know, we did, and we walked across a wire. There's no way I would have done that normally. So it's Mm -hmm. about trusting yourself and then trusting, because there were team exercises too. We did the exercise where you fall and someone has to catch you. Yes. So we experience trust instead of talking about it. So that's just mm-hmm. another example. But there were so many. Mm-hmm. But I did this for two years. And it was, um, I would love to do a whole podcast just on that because it was so amazing. I don't think it exists anymore. People, you know, they tried hard to get people into it. And so people thought of it as a cult. And, you know, there was a lot of psychology in it. Mm-hmm. But it saved my life. I... I became a different person. That's when I went back to my parents and I told them about the sexual abuse. Wow. That's when I, well, I, I got closer to my dad. That's when I could have better relationships. That's when I can do so much more. Mm-hmm. But the, 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 the trajectory of my career was not as quick. Aha. <laughs> so, uh-huh. That's so something was, different. Yeah. So I, you know, I think, you know, Tony, who we both know, she talks about God's two by four. Yes. And so that's kind of how it was with my career and a big message. I want everyone. So one of the messages that we just talked about was, you know, if you've gone through trauma, yes, counseling can be very helpful. I'm not discouraging anyone from doing that. But if you can find someone who can take you through either neurolinguistic programming, which I also teach, or experiential exercises, um, you know, I, I developed exercise, I cured people of phobias. I developed exercises to take people through that really helped them transform. And the second thing is don't wait to live your passion. So Mm. I waited way too long. So (laughs) I was a hygienist, you know, 40 years. Mm -hmm. I I should say it was only 20, you know, just to (laughs) think that you can't be that old. So you know can't be that old. But so I, I, I say that 
you know, there was sort of a nudge. So it wasn't a two by four right off the bat. It was a nudge. Mm -hmm. So they cut back my hours at work. So that was sort of, okay, well, uh, what should I do? And, and I always did something else. I've written books. I've become a life coach. I've done a lot of things before I even have my current career with public speaking coach. So I always did something on the side, but when they cut back my hours where it affected me quite a bit, Mm -hmm. I had to think, oh, well, maybe I should you know, really focus on something else. But I didn't. Mm -hmm. And then <laughs> and yeah. then the the uh, the hit over the head was COVID. Oh, so when COVID happened, we had to shut down. I, yes. I did not have a choice. No. Dental office were not allowed to operate. Right. For three months. And hygienists were leaving the, the profession left and right. And I still thought, well, okay, now's the time I should quit. But no, I had to really get hit over there. <laughs> <laughs> you needed something bigger than a two by four. <laughs> Apparently so. And so, you know, it, it really just came to the realization that, um, you know, then, you know, my house almost burned down. My, both my parents passed away within months of each other. Wow. And, you know, that dash can be short. Mm -hmm. Yes, it can. And that dash is really important. How we live our life is so important. And I don't want to be at the end of it and regret anything. So I hear you. Amen on that. Yes. So I've, and you know, I'm very fortunate in, you know, my dad was 98 when he passed away. Oh my goodness. And uh, my mom was only 92, but um, everyone, my, my mom's mom was 96. Everybody that was my dad's sibling, he had a lot of siblings. They all lived well into their nineties. So I believe that I'm going to live to be a hundred because I'm going to of course surpass my parents. Well, and right there, when you believe it, I mean, you're planting those seeds and you're putting it out in the universe. And I think that does have something to do with it. Absolutely. Because your brain is very powerful, as you know. Your brain is very powerful and your desires and your, your belief system is very powerful. Mm -hmm. And that's, that makes a huge difference in what you attract so there's the law of attraction that I totally believe in. And I take it a step further that it's this embodiment that we could talk about another time because I know that our, our time is somewhat short. But living your best dash, I love that, Patty. I mean, and I, I just have to say, to add some more peas. <clears throat> we like that. We like so that. So you're passionate, you're purposeful, but you're also perfect to have this podcast. Oh, well, thank because, you. Yeah, you're welcome. Because you you give people space to tell their stories. Mm -hmm. You're not judgmental. You're not interjecting too much. You ask, you know, just the right questions and just the right amount. Sometimes you let people go on and on and you're really perfect. Another P for this podcast with Patty. Thank you so very I thank much. You for that. Yes. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. But yeah. So, you know, I realized that uh, this is something I'm very passionate about and I always have been. I started wanting to be a psychologist, mm -hmm. excuse me. So I, you know, it's, it's just coming back to where my beginnings were. 
And then the other piece, and the reason I talked about, you know, the vision of the fire in 9-11 and the out-of-body experience is because energy has always been a big part of my, my makeup. And, you know, that's not high or low energy. That is mm -hmm. so the energy you give off. I talked about that experience in LifeSpring where, you know, people would respond to you based on the energy you're giving off. And that yep. happens all the time, all day long. You're doing, you're reacting to other people's energy and they're reacting to yours without usually verbalizing it out loud, certainly, and not even verbalizing it in their head. It's just a feeling and then people react. And so a huge part And it's of that energy you're giving off, right? Yes, yes. And, you know, so I bring that into my speaking program. So I developed this program based on all this psychology, the neuro-linguistic programming, and the energy work I've done. So it's not like anything like Toastmasters. It's not like any other speaking program I've ever seen. And I've done a bunch of speaking programs myself because, <laughs> you know, I want to learn everything. I'm, a, I'm an info junkie. Good. And... Um, so I, I love learning, which is, is fabulous. And that's what I bring into my speaker program. It's because some, some speakers, they overperform. Mm -hmm. Some really, 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 really overperform. And they're just constantly at this level and they're almost yelling at you and they're, you know, so giving and, and projecting onto you that it, it, it doesn't connect with people. It's right. entertaining. They might think of them as charismatic and maybe even inspiring to some degree, but it's it, it takes an unusual person to just be at that level and also get people to connect with them. Right. And then there's other people that shrink their energy. And so they're just way too, too inside themselves. Their energy is right here. It's not expanded. Mm -hmm. And people it's too hard to get to that person. So they also don't connect with people and they don't inspire people and wow people because their energy is shrunk. And they might have big hearts and fabulous messages and inspirational stories. But if you can't have the energy in the delivery of it, mm -hmm. you're not going to make the impact you want to make. Right. Oh, that's a good point. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's all about helping other people and having that impact. And there's, there's so much to it. So it's not just, you know, not saying ums, and it's not just, you know, having great content. Because I tell people, you know, communication is only 10%, the words you use. Right. I used to teach that to my, to my leadership kids. You think it's all about verbal. It's not, it's the nonverbal, which is really the powerful part. Yes, absolutely. It's 70% your energy. And maybe twenty mm percent -hmm. your tone, mm -hmm. but that seventy percent is huge. Yeah, and people don't know how to master that or how to balance the wow factor. Because if you're going to be a speaker, you have to have a certain wow factor, and then the connection to the audience. How do you mm -hmm. have both and balance it just right? And the balance isn't going to be identical for every person. Some mm -hmm. people are going to be a little less wow, and a little more warm-hearted. And other people are going to be a little more wow, and they really have to work on that connection. But it's well, and do, and don't you also find Marla that it really isn't even if you don't wish to be a public speaker, 
It's just how you present yourself out in the world, whether you're at the grocery store, you're at a ball game, you're whatever it is you're doing, it is, as you say, your art of presence. It, it, it's your body language. It's it ha- how you speak. It's it's all of it. So it, it doesn't, this isn't what you're saying, isn't just pertaining to somebody who's doing public speaking. It's just your presence wherever you are and, and, and the energy and what, what you exude, right? I mean, when you're out in the world. It helps in every aspect of your life, all your relationships. And it's funny, I, I was this. I told you I listen to all your podcasts because that's what I do. I'm a research info junkie, but you know, they were wonderful. And someone that was speaking, I won't name names. She was saying how, you know, when she met her husband, she couldn't even, oh, maybe it was your, I won't say, Um, but she was saying when she met her husband, she could not explain it in words, but there was immediate chemistry. It was my mother. It was my mother. I wasn't going to say, but yeah, it was your mother. And I think it was one other person too, talking about that, that chemistry when they met their, their potential husband. And that's true that a lot of times we can't put it in words, Mm -hmm. but we all have experienced that kind of chemistry and Mm -hmm. that is your energy. Oh, yes. Yeah. And then to also- It speaks volumes, even though you're not speaking. Yes, absolutely. And so, you know, and it helps with your kids. When you change your energy to be able to talk to your kids in a different place. So I really help people get embodied. And then when they talk to anyone, their kids, their spouse, their potential date, their, you know, their clients, whoever it is, their teammates, their coworkers, Mm -hmm. all of that. When you communicate from this other place where you're embodied, you're out of your head energy and you're in your body energy, and you're coming from what I call your home space and your heart space. It's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's so helpful. So that's why I'm so passionate about teaching public speaking in this way, because mm-hmm. it helps people in their life. Oh, yes. Yes. So, so really what you've kind of done here in the last few moments, because, you know, a couple of questions that I ask everybody is, you know, what are you passionate about personally and professionally? And then the same, what is your person, your purpose personally and professionally? When you say you just, you just answered that, didn't you? (laughs) I'm passionate about so many things. I'm passionate about learning. I'm passionate about dancing. I'm passionate about the arts. I'm passionate about nature. So you know, this is how you have a, a well-rounded, great long dash is to be passionate about a lot of things because there's yes. so much good in the world. I mean, you know, sometimes I want to get depressed again because the world sucks in some ways right now, but there's so much good out there. And to tune into that, people used to call me Pollyanna because, so I know one of the questions you asked too is what is your superpower? Yes. And that was going to be the next one. <laughs> what is your superpower? <laughs> I'm getting ahead. Sorry. No, it's good. No, I love it. (laughs) So I think one of, you know, I have a couple, but one thing I haven't talked about yet is positivity. Mm -hmm. And so I've been called Pollyanna because I almost always focus on the positive. You know, yeah, this, this, and this could happen, but what if this, this, and this happens? We don't know. It could be all good. Why should we focus on the negative? Yes. Not that you don't want to be prepared and be, right. you know, resourceful, learn how to just be resourceful in general, mm-hmm. but also focus on the positive, believe it's going to be positive, 
Yep. And, you know, that is, it makes you feel better. Yes, it does. It attracts that positivity. Yep. So, so that's because it's what you're putting out in the world and what you put out, you're going to get back. Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, yeah, I've helped friends with positivity and uh, with life coaching clients that, uh, you know, it's, you know, again, we, we don't want to ignore the negative, but we want to focus most of our energy on that positive. And that's Amen. been really helpful. And then I'd say uh, also kind of a superpower I've had that I've alluded to earlier was this intuition, this inner knowing mm-hmm. that I have. Mm-hmm. And that when I work one-on-one with somebody or even in classes, I work when I have my boot camps for speakers, mm-hmm. I work individually with each person in the class tremendously. And I focus in on what do they need? What do they need to become an exceptional speaker? What do they need to add to their speaking? It's very, very personalized. And I people go, well, how did you know I needed to be bossier? How did you, you know, I can just tell. And, you know, it's a gift. Yeah. <laughs> And creativity. I, I love people who are creative and I love using my creativity. So in a lot of my videos that I put out, I, I almost go overboard in trying to do something unusual. And, you know, I use props mm-hmm. and, and, you know, creative ideas. And um, I just love being creative. To, it just brings me joy. Well, and a lot of what you're doing at that creative creativeness that I've seen on social media is you're being very visually creative to get people to think in ways they wouldn't normally see. Wouldn't normally see a woman in a coffin <laughs> like you, you've had on yours. But again, it, it's it's visually stimulating to make people think, wait, why why is she why is she doing that? You know, and but there is always a point to to your visual creativity. There is a message that you are coming across, and it's a, always a very thought provoking message that you're sending. Absolutely. So, just for for people that are wondering, well, why does she put herself in a coffin? So, <laughs> the point there was that a lot of people feel like they're gonna die if they have to do public speaking. So that's why I have the picture of me in a coffin when I'm talking about people, you know, they say public speaking is still the number one fear of most people. It's ahead of death and Mm -hmm. going to the dentist, they'd always say. (laughs) They haven't been to you yet. (laughs) Yeah, it's in those top three, though. If it's not number one, it's absolutely in the top three. And people feel like they'd rather die than risk rejection is is really why it creates this fear is because everybody's looking at you mm-hmm. you're expressing yourself and people are judging you they're gonna judge you they judge you in the first three seconds and you know what it doesn't even matter though if you are, are speaking or not people it, it's human nature that we just judge people just yeah. when they're walking down the street you know so it's like get up there present yourself do it you know it's it's going to be okay because people are going to say what they want to say but you know what you have complete control over how you let that affect you whether you give I, your power absolutely. over to that or not and then it feels so good once you do it hmm. Once you do it and survive it, once you do it and you get a good response, because you're going to get a good response. Are you going to get everybody to like you? Probably no. not. No. But you're going to get a good response and you're going to have the satisfaction 
of putting yourself out there because that feels good. We we have this nature that we want to express ourselves. And when we hold back, a lot of times it causes disease. Oh, That's yes. how much it affects us. Yes. People get, you know, throat cancer or, you know, in, in a small amount, when people go to speak, they get choked, literally choked up. They get a lump in their throat because mm-hmm. it affects our whole being so much. But it's it's all that, that stress it. that you put on yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, I encourage people to learn good techniques. So you can feel really good about it. So you can get mm-hmm. fired up about public speaking and, and look forward to it and enjoy it and yeah. have a really good result. Yeah. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Excellent. So I know you've mentioned several times throughout the podcast about living your best dash, but how would you really define right now in this moment of your life? How is it that you are living your best dash? Yeah, I, I finally, you know, I quit my day job. I, you know, dental hygiene was good in that I, I got a lot of people content. I live in a community where there's a ton of people say where I live, there's more professionals and more, there's more startup companies than anywhere else on earth. Mm. It's, it's a really interesting place. And so the people I've met have been fantastic. And the staff I work with, fantastic. The doctors I work with, fantastic. I was there 25 years. Wow. Yeah. I'm telling you that the two by four was really <laughs> had to hit me because it, you know, it was hard to let go of that 25 sure. year relationship. I, I mean, I have, you know, patients hugging me and almost cry. Some of them crying when mm-hmm. I told them I was leaving, mm-hmm. but I, I knew, always knew that I was really intelligent, really creative and dental hygiene didn't fulfill me that way. Right. I didn't use my talent. So now I'm using my talents. I'm writing. I'm helping people write their speeches. I also always wanted to be a writer and the creativity piece. I'm using that. And I'm so I'm meeting people from all over the world. You know, mm-hmm. thanks Zoom. You know, I meet people mm-hmm. from other countries, let alone all over the United States. And it's so it's so fulfilling and so interesting. And, and I just love meeting all these interesting people doing great work. Uh-huh. So many inspirational people and, and I'm helping people. I help people transform so quickly that I love it. And mm-hmm. then at the same time, I live in Colorado, which is gorgeous. Yes. I don't live in Denver. I live in a place where I can go to 20 different trails in five minutes. Wow. Gorgeous. The, the, the Rocky mountains are right there. I can see them from my window they're right there. And I love nature. My kids are finally incredible. <laughs> Not so easy growing up. We won't go into that whole story, but they are so magnificent now. My daughter's in France right now. And, but, but both of my kids live near me and I just love them. I'm so proud of them. And I have very close friends. I've had some of the same friends for 30 some years. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you can just tell the way that you just described everything about living your best dash because of your energy coming from all that you just said. Yes, it is a true testament that you are living your best dash. And that is super cool to see. Are there any um, final words of wisdom or thoughts that you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah, I'd like to say you know, it seems like since COVID, a lot more people are starting their own businesses. 
and they just don't want to work corporate anymore. So there's so many more coaches and consultants and people that are out there wanting to start their own business. But it's 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 a crowded field because mm -hmm. there's so many people out there. So first of all, your message is important, mm -hmm. really, really important. And you can help a lot of people. So don't hold back. Don't wait till you get hit over the head. Let's just say that too. Don't wait is a huge message I have. And learn good speaking techniques so your message is heard by more people. You can impact more people and you can have joy doing it. So Marla, if uh, anybody in our audience wants to reach out and connect with you, uh, where would you suggest that they go to be able to connect with you? Yeah, so my website is really easy to remember if you're not somewhere where you can write things down or looking at the show notes. MarlaPress.com, really easy to remember. Yes, it is. <laughs> and there you can schedule a time with me. I also have a link tree and there's links to my social media, my YouTube channel, uh, podcasts I've done, all kinds of ways to connect with me and, and to check out what I do. But if you go to my website, you can also find all of that. And I'd love to chat with you. I have a hot or not speaker assessment I do. So it's not about me. I, I make it about you when we chat. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, whether you want to just get in touch with your own personal energy and how it deals with not necessarily public speaking or just the, your essence and how you present yourself in the world, Marla is somebody who can definitely do that. Marla, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your personal schedule to be with us today. I have enjoyed this conversation immensely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Patty. I love being with you. You're the perfect person for this. And I love hanging out with you. And I wish you the best of luck, too. Thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, remember that uh, her uh, podcast uh, is here either on you're either watching it on YouTube or you're hearing it on Apple Podcast or Spotify or iHeartRadio, Podbean. There's about 10 platforms that it's on. But whatever platform that you are enjoying this podcast on right now, remember, if you want to connect with me, you can go to www.pathwayswithpatty.com. Org, and you can also sign up to talk with me and get on my list to get on my weekly newsletter uh, handouts that I do each week. And uh, while you're at it, look and see that, find that follow and subscribe button and go ahead and hit that. And that way you're going to know when all of the new podcasts come out, you're going to be front and center to be able to enjoy each and every one because the, the guests, as I said before, they just have a wonderful story to share with you and a message that goes along with those stories. So thank you once again for being here with us. I appreciate it as always. Remember to make it a great day or not. The choice is yours because life is an adventure and I want you to enjoy the journey because your life matters. Thank you so much for joining us and God bless you all. Bye.